From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello and welcome to the Anxiety Project Podcast. I am Brad Robinson. This episode is number 79 and it's a powerful Q&A episode. I love these episodes because I get some great questions and I'm excited to answer them and I have some really important questions this episode. Every episode there's some important questions, but this episode some really really good ones, some really good questions. And you can send me your questions via Instagram at Brad's profile or the Anxiety Project Facebook page or email me if you go to unpluganxiety.com. There's a contact section and go to the contact section, fill it out, and that'll go directly to my email and I'll answer your questions. So keep sending them in. And I'll put your question if you ask for it to be on the q and I'll put the question on the q and If it's just a personal question, I'll answer that too. So I'll answer any questions that you have. And today, I'm just going to jump right in. Today, I got a question from Gina. And she says, how can I calm my anxiety the night before an important event. I have trouble sleeping because I worry over it too much. So she's referring to the event. She's worrying over this event too much and it's disrupting her sleep. A very powerful question. And this is something I was battling since I was a kid. I had trouble sleeping and then I would have anxiety over over sleeping specifically. It's not it's not really in relation to Gina's question per se, but it's it's sort of, you know, cuz cuz when you worry about an event the next day, what happens is you end up starting you you end up worrying about getting the proper sleep so that you can go handle the event properly. You're you're afraid of making a fool of yourself because you're lacking that sleep or having that anxiety or you're afraid of forgetting stuff because you're so sleep deprived. And that was my issue. I was afraid of making mistakes at my job because of not having enough sleep. So I remember a specific time when I was working in the film industry. I got called in to work that night to work on a production the following day. And that's how the film union worked is that whenever there was a position, they'll call you up that night and then you show up the following morning to the location where you have to go. And so they called me to work on a show. And that night, I had severe anxiety. I went, I tried to go to bed early and I was tossing and turning all of these thoughts. 
were looping in my mind. And then by 12 a.m., I had a lot of anxiety. I remember pacing in my basement because I was afraid that I didn't and I wouldn't get enough sleep to perform properly that day. And I was afraid of making a mistake if I was going to arrive late and how how am I going to function properly when I'm in this chaotic state and how am I going to function properly if I'm lacking sleep. So I'm going to go over ways that'll help you prepare for this event the following day. And I used all of these techniques and strategies. When I got into the camera union, which was a different union from the one I talked about where I had that anxiety When I got into that camera union, what happened was I had all of these techniques at my disposal, so I was able to handle that chaos, that unknown, that uncertainty much better. I had a structure, and it changed the game. It really did change the game, so I'm going to go over those strategies now. Meditate on how... You want the event or the day to go. This is so powerful because it's targeting the unconscious mind directly. The unconscious mind understands images and emotions. So meditate, sit in a quiet spot, close your eyes, breathe deeply, focus on your breathing, and then Go through the day from morning until night and visualize how you want that day to go, specifically that event that you're ruminating over. And so visualize yourself waking up, feeling good, feeling happy, confident. Imagine your posture. Just ideally go over the day and imagine yourself at that event talking to people, smiling, having great posture, um, breathing slowly and deeply and engaging in those conversations. And then imagine yourself leaving that event with posture. Maybe you strike a power pose like with your arms on your waist and your chin up to the sky. Imagine the outcome that you want. And this is sending the right message to the unconscious mind. It's sending the message that this is what Gina wants. This is what Brad wants. And you'll manifest that outcome unconsciously the next day. It's very powerful. Also, plan the day the night before. Make a schedule. I'm going to wake up at this time. I'm going to spend this amount of time eating breakfast. I'm going to leave the house at this time. And I should roughly get to the location around this time. And then maybe I'll have half an hour to meditate in my car or meditate somewhere quiet before the event. And give yourself that time. You want to take your time that day. And this is something I did when I was in the camera union. I would make sure I'd get to the location 
early. I didn't even care if I got there an hour early. That was great because I got to spend that time meditating, preparing, writing in a journal. It was it was great. And it, it, when you show up early, that means you're not rushing around. You're not activating that stress response because when you activate that stress, that anxiety, it's harder to to tackle that event or that work day. It's just harder because it's harder to think rationally when your anxiety systems are active. So make sure you give yourself that time, prepare, schedule when you're going to show up and make sure you show up early so that maybe you can get a, a, another meditation session in so that you can really prepare yourself to handle the event. No caffeine after 3 p.m. so that by the time you go to bed that night, you can sleep properly. Caffeine is huge. I'm going to actually tackle that more later in this episode, why caffeine can really interrupt your sleep and how interrupting the sleep can really interrupt the next day. And your anxiety too. Uh, Caffeine definitely impacts your anxiety. And to prepare for the, the event the next day, activate your parasympathetic nervous system by engaging in relaxing activities. So that day when you know that you have to show up at this event tomorrow, maybe it's a job interview, maybe it's a, a new job that you're going to, training, whatever it is, you're going into the unknown. You're going to face something that you're not accustomed to, right? You're facing something new. And when we naturally face something new, our sympathetic nervous system, which is our stress response, becomes active. And to calm that, we need to engage in activities that target the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest system. So walking, exercising, uh, avoiding foods three hours before bed, really important for getting that sleep, taking a hot bath with some incense burning, some calming music. Don't engage in any stimulating activities such as television or video games before you go to bed. Also, meditating, like I said, meditating on how you want the day to go, very important. Reading a book, just lying in bed and planning your day is relaxing. Also, said taking a bath what else what else do I really enjoy doing um sometimes I'll listen to classical music at night just sit and listen very relaxing so engage in these relaxing activities and so you can prepare yourself for the night for that sleep that you really need it's gonna it's gonna rejuvenate you it's gonna recharge those batteries for the next day drink some calming teas i love chamomile teas 
There's some great nighttime teas out there that are so good at calming down your sympathetic nervous system. So those are some great techniques that I do to prepare myself for that day. Another great way is to write down your worries on paper. A great release technique, right? Getting your thoughts down on paper is is a great release. Gets it out of the mind. Gets it out. If it's circling, if there are worries circling in my mind when I'm trying to go to bed, I'll get up from my bed, get out a piece of paper, and I'll write down all of those worries. It's powerful. It is very powerful. And just note that your anxiety might not go away the next day when you go to this event, when you go to this job interview, whatever it is, but it'll become more manageable. You'll manifest the outcome that you want and you're most likely going to get it. You are still venturing into the unknown, the unknown whether it's a job interview, whether it's an exam, whether it's a doctor's appointment, you're venturing out into the unknown. Your anxiety systems are going to activate, but it's important that you still go, you still confront the event. You still go. Because if you make an excuse not to go, you're only strengthening your fear of that certain experience, that event. So you have to still go through with it. But you'll find that when you prepare and do everything I mentioned in this uh, podcast episode, you're going to find that the event is going to go completely different. It's going to be completely different. It's powerful that you do these strategies and techniques. So you want to enter the dragon's lair with a sword and shield. You don't, like my old self, I would just get that call to go into work, that unknown, right? I would get all of these thoughts bombarding me. What if I arrive late? What if I don't get enough sleep? What if I perform poorly and I don't get called in for another job? All of these things would bombard me, but the thing is... I would go to bed. I wouldn't even deal with all of these problems. No wonder I wasn't sleeping properly. And so when I started to engage in all of these strategies and techniques, I would fall asleep easily. I'd get that restful sleep. I would get that confidence to perform properly and I'd manifest the outcomes. And then I found that my panic was non-existent. Because I was worried whether I would get panic attacks when I was at the event. But I found that after engaging in all of these techniques, my panic was non-existent. And even if it came about, I could easily manage it. It's very powerful. The goal of recovering from anxiety is is to develop the tools to handle the unknown, to get that sword and shield ready so that you can handle the chaos that is whatever 
the situation is the following day, whatever the event is. So thank you, Gina. A very powerful question. And now I have a question from Francis. He says, I'm looking for a diet that can lessen my anxiety. What diet plan is best and what are you currently on? So for me, diet came later in my recovery. I was doing a lot of CBT, NLP strategies at the beginning of my recovery. And my recovery and everyone's recovery involves continuously challenging yourself. And diet was the next challenge in my recovery. And I found a great diet that has helped many people with depression, anxiety, mental health issues. It wasn't for my weight. It was just for me mentally. And diet, I found once I started a strict diet, it played a huge role on my anxiety. My anxiety and my mental clarity improved significantly. Even though I was already meditating, I was doing all of these calming uh, techniques and strategies, I found that diet was the icing on the cake. It was so powerful. I came across uh, diet when I was watching a podcast with Jordan Peterson, and he was talking about how going on the carnivore diet improved his depression. It cured all of his autoimmune issues. And what I got from that podcast episode was that carbohydrates caused a lot of his autoimmune issues. And that's what sparked my interest. I'm not on the carnivore diet, mind you. I'm not against the carnivore diet. I just, it was an eye opening experience to hear him talk about why carbohydrates cause so many issues mentally and physically. And so I, I began by reducing my carbohydrate intake. I, I eliminated sugar and breads and I found that I, I improved mentally and physically. That was a huge part in my anxiety recovery, just eliminating those two things, carbohydrates from breads, pastas, all of those all of those inflammatory foods and sugar. I used to put sugar in my coffee. I used to uh, eat cookies. I used to ha- I used to have all of these different foods in my life, right? And so I I started to eliminate sugar, carbohydrates, and I realized that my energy started to come back. I had more energy. My mood started to stabilize. I felt better. And I highly recommend Grain Brain by David Perlmutter, a very powerful book, an eye-opening book. And so I have a 
a couple of passages I want to read from this book that really talks about how carbs are the, are silent killers. And I am currently on a ketogenic diet, which involves really eating. It's a really primitive diet. It's it's eating the basics. It's very it's eating foods that don't have a lot of added ingredients to it, like meats, fish, vegetables, uh, eggs, chicken. It's a very primitive diet, and I found that eating this kind of a diet is very powerful on my health. I I feel better physically and mentally. Um, So I'm going to read you a couple of passages from Grain Brain, and I hope you find these passages as valuable as I found them. So David says, For the greater part of the past 2.6 million years, our ancestors' diets consisted of wild game, seasonal plants, and vegetables. On the and the occasional berries. As we saw in the previous chapter, today most people's diets are centered on grains and carbs, many of which contain gluten. But even casting aside the gluten factor, I should point out that one of the main reasons why consuming so many grains and carbs can be so harmful is that they raise blood sugar in ways that other foods, such as meat, fish, poultry, and vegetables, do not. David also says, To fully grasp the bane of carbs and the benefits of fats, it helps to understand some basic biology. In the body, Dietary carbohydrates, including sugars and starches, are converted to glucose, which you know by now tells the pancreas to release insulin into the blood. Insulin shuffles glucose into cells and stores glucose as glycogen in the liver liver and muscles. It's also the body's chief fat-building catalyst, converting glucose to body fat when the liver and muscles have no more room for glycogen. Carbohydrates, not dietary fats, are the primary cause of weight gain. Think about it. Many farmers fatten animals destined for the butcher block with carbohydrates like corn and grain, not fats and proteins. You can see the difference just by comparing, for example, a cut of grain-fed New York strip steak and a grass-fed one. The grain-fed cut will contain a lot more fat. This partly explains why one of the major health effects of low-carbohydrate diet is weight loss. Moreover, a low-carb diet decreases blood sugar in diabetics and improves insulin sensitivity. In fact, replacing carbohydrates with fat is increasingly becoming the preferred method for treating type 2 
diabetes. Very powerful. And I'm just going to find another uh, passage from David. There's a quote from Gary Tobbs. And he says, in fact, we can define this mild ketosis as the normal state of human me metabolism when we're not eating the carbohydrates that didn't exist in our diets for 99.9% of human history. As such, ketosis is arguably not just a natural condition, but even a particularly helpful one. And lastly, I just want to touch on this powerful passage from David. He says, when it comes to the link between gluten and brain-related disorders like depression, we also can't forget about the role of inflammation. One of the facts that have come to light in the scientific literature more recently is that depression is now considered an inflammatory disorder. We now understand that inflammatory markers the same that we see elevated in heart disease are also elevated in the depressed patient. This is actually not new information, but if you were to ask someone on the street about depression, you'd, you'd be likely to hear something along the lines of, it's a chemical imbalance in the brain. The role of inflammation in mental illness from depression to schizophrenia, has been documented over the past 20 years. The field of psychiatry has known about the role of the immune system in the onset of depression for the better part of the last century. But only recently have we begun to understand the condition thanks to better technology and longitudinal studies. Higher levels of inflammation dramatically increase the risk of developing depression. And the higher the levels of inflammatory markers, the worse the depression. This places depression right in line with other inflam inflammatory disorders such as Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, and Alzheimer's disease. Very powerful stuff. Uh, I really love the book. I highly recommend you go out and pick it up. I, I found that the same thing happened to me where my joints felt, felt better once I cut out carbohydrates and sugars. And Maggie, my girlfriend, she, she saw the benefits this diet had on my health and my mental health. And so she began the diet a few months after I started and she found found the benefits to be quite extraordinary. She had this ache, this pain in her knee that has been always there since she was young and then when she went on the diet, she said the pain went away and when she exercises, the pain doesn't come back. It's completely gone. And that was amazing to me. I it was absolutely amazing. Also, uh, being on a, such a primitive diet of 
vegetables, meats, and uh, uh, poultry, eggs, I found that my brain fog disappeared completely. I had better teeth. My gums were really healthy. My skin cleared up even more. I had more energy. And so being on a diet like this, being on a primitive diet, just eliminating sugars and carbohydrates and excess carbohydrates is going to help you feel better. Whether you're on a ketogenic diet or not, just eliminating sugar and refined carbohydrates is going to help you feel better. It really does. And you can follow these doctors such as Dr. Berg and Dr. Barry on YouTube, and they talk about the health benefits of this diet, how to start this diet, and what to eat, what's what's harmful to your health. And so just follow those guys. You don't have to go on a complete ketogenic diet like I did, but I'm telling you the benefits are so massive. They are massive. And it's... It's absolutely unbelievable how much my anxiety shifted from being like a level three to zero. It it does make a huge difference. Even if your anxiety is very high, you're going to experience the massive benefits uh, of having such a primitive diet like this one. And so thank you, uh, Thank you, Francis, for sending me this powerful question, something that I don't talk about a lot on this podcast, but is very important. I'm going to make a lot more podcast episodes about this uh, topic, about diet, which is very important. So go check out that book, Grain Brain. Go check out Dr. Barry, Dr. Berg on YouTube, and they talk about the ketogenic diet, how to get on the diet, and what's really harmful and how carbohydrates and sugar is harming us more than we think, how our mental health is being severely harmed by carbohydrates, okay? And last question uh, by Callahan. He says, should you limit activities such as scary movies, vigorous exercise, and drinking caffeine to negate the effects of the fight or flight system? Great question. Um, Yes, I'm going to say it right off the bat, except for the exercise. I'm going to get into that. But other than that, I say yes, that you have to sacrifice certain habits to serve your higher self. With exercise, I do enjoy pushing myself, but gradually building up to longer runs, longer uh, weight training uh, times at the gym. Build up to it. Start small. I, I remember during my anxiety disorder, I would take walks around the block. That's how I started and got my exercise in. Very important. But for rigorous exercise, it, it build it up over time. Don't just go for it. Don't just go for that hour run. 
Go for intervals. Maybe jog a little and then walk. Jog a little and then walk. Just get that, get your heart moving. When your fight or flight is active, your muscles tense up. Your body is preparing itself to engage in battle or to run away from the perceived threat. But you can work with it by engaging in that exercise. And then you can calm your system down. You can calm your system by getting that exercise. So I do recommend exercise, but rigorous exercise depends where you're at in the recovery process and depends where you're at. So just do some sort of exercise during the day and then keep building on it. Uh, With scary movies, I do not like scary movies. I do not recommend you see scary movies, even stressful TV shows. I remember watching this TV show when I was going through my recovery and it was so stressful and then I turned it off and because I felt really anxious. I remember in my ex-relationship, she took me to see Conjuring in theaters and I, I literally had a lot of anxiety watching that movie. It was so scary and I didn't like that. It, it was terrifying and so I do not recommend scary movies. Uh, especially when you're journeying towards this higher you, this this ideal you. I recommend even just watching TV in general is not good. And I eliminated a lot of TV from when I when I was going on my recovery journey, I went from like hours of TV a day to an hour a day. That's the most TV I was going on. And so I recommend just limiting your 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 stimuli, your stimulus to uh, the TV and movies in general. Caffeine was a challenge to me because I was a, a coffee drinker. I drank coffee two, sometimes three times a day with the sugar, with the cream, all of that stuff. And so I had a coffee addiction and for a long time. It was it it was something that really made me get through the day. It made me feel good. But the thing is, is that caffeine is persistent in our systems. Caffeine has an average lifespan of five to seven hours. If you have a coffee around 6 p.m., by 12 a.m., 50% of that caffeine may still be active and circulating throughout your brain tissue. By 12 a.m., you are halfway done eliminating your brain of that caffeine. The amount of caffeine you have during the day can impact your sleep at night. So I recommend that you recognize the activities, the habits that you do daily that really adds to your anxiety. And each habit that you eliminate is a challenge of itself. Eliminating caffeine was a challenge. I started buying my coffees half decaf, half caffeine. And then I worked my way to decaf slowly. 
right? And so they were challenges because I loved coffee and I felt the withdrawal symptoms and the effects of caffeine. But in general, when you're going through anxiety recovery, it's important that you engage more in your parasympathetic nervous system, relaxing activities, activities that calm you down and get you moving towards the ideal you. And it's painful. The recovery process is painful, but you've, you don't want to live with this anxiety, do you? You don't want to remain in your current situation, do you? Of course not. So the recovery process requires a lot of sacrifices. It requires a lot of sacrifices, and you need to make those sacrifices in order to really get the benefits of your health and your mental clarity in the future. You want to you want to do what you can now so that your future self benefits from it. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you for your questions. Make sure you send me those questions. And this was a longer podcast than usual, but I had to touch on these points because they are important. They are important for maintaining great health, mental health, physical health. And they are great for, these are great points for improving yourself and getting through the hardships of anxiety recovery. And I'm just going to leave you with this. Do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. What are you waiting for? Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.